Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We explore the stories, the culture, and the history behind the wine. And it kind of goes without saying that we like to drink a little wine while we're doing it, too. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. I don't know what you're talking about, Gina. <laughs> I don't either. Wait, let me just have a little sip. Oh, sorry. My glass? Tea totaler. Totaler of the teas. Um, Oops, so sorry. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, Gina, you forgot to mention the people behind what's in the glass. They're kind of important, too, especially yeah. when it's someone who's on a mission to challenge some of the cultural part of what we talk about. Right. You're referring to French winemaker Gerard Bertrand. And since we celebrate Earth Day in April, it's a time when a lot of attention is getting put on the environment. And we thought that it'd be appropriate to take a look at biodynamics, organics, and all of those things that make a difference in farming, especially pertaining to grapes and the winemaking process. Don't just think, oh my gosh, they just geeked out. We're talking about farming. That's not true. I mean, mean, it is true. We're going to talk about some of that. But Gerard Bertrand is one of those winemakers, and he's one of the most well-known winemakers in the Languedoc region of southern France. He's a former rugby player. And and he's not hard to look at. Not at all. Or listen to. (laughs) No, exactly. And uh, yes, he is really making waves in the wine community and farming in general when it comes to uh, taking care of the earth and the crops and not just those things, but the people employed to take care of them as well. I mean, that's part of the whole biodynamic thing. Well, there's there's an entire culture of food that's kind of it's really working its way through Europe and it's getting here to the United States. It's sustainable, but not mm-hmm. just for the earth, but also for the people that are bringing it to us. Exactly. So Gerard Bertrand has been traveling around the U.S. and the world. He's been talking about the biodynamics. He's been talking about climate change. He did some things with Al Gore. And uh, I attended a master class and a parte he mm-hmm. threw in Miami at the former Versace mansion, which is now Casa Casarina. Uh, before the party got cranking, I was actually able to get a chance to have a one-on-one, sit down and talk to him for a few minutes about what he's doing. And my first question was, was he really trying to educate the consumer about organics and biodynamics and wine practices, or is he trying to convince vintners and winemakers and, and grape growers to switch, or was it a little bit of both? I think it's a, it's a little of both. First of all, my passion is to make wines and great wine from the south of France because we sell only wine from the south of France now in 163 countries, including the U.S. Outside France, U.S. is our biggest market by far. We are the first French brand in the market now. And of course, we, we have a, a DNA, we have values, and we like to share our values. And, uh, of, and organic and biodynamic farming is one of our priorities because uh, first, I, I experiment uh, biodynamic farming in uh, 2002 after I've read I've uh, read uh, Rudolf Steiner book, and uh, I was convinced because I used myself homeopathic piece for 32 years, and I have seen the changes in my body and uh, my level of energy, and I try to do the same. We start slowly with four acres, and now we are the leader in the world for this culture with uh, 1,500 acres to convert to the biodynamic practices. And uh, I have seen uh, the changes into the vineyard with much more uh, quality into the soil and the subsoil, more supple and uh, more life into the soil. 
And I have so seen the changes into the cellar, into the glass, because the wines are more fruity, more complex, with a more freshness and acidity, and a, a better potential of aging. And then the idea was to share our commitment with uh, one, uh, with uh, some other wine uh, growers, and that's why we have launched some programming to share our knowledge with people, and it's working well. We also help people to converse to the conventional agriculture, to the organic or biodynamic farming, and we help them also financially because we we uh, give to them 90% of the price of the organic grapes during three years, during the conversion. And finally, of course, this is also now uh, a discussion we have with the consumer through the social networks, with the communication, and with also the platform. I will do a, a speech uh, with Al Gore uh, in Porto in, uh, in the middle of March right. for the climate change conference. And we need to explain to the consumer now they need to take care about the planet in order to respect the biodiversity and also to limit the the increase of the of the temperature. Right. Well, because switching to a biodynamic and organic type of farming, as you mentioned, you are helping supplement because that's expensive, and that's why I think a lot of people don't if they're trying to crank out volume of wine and they just and they're trying to make money and uh, see a profit. It's it's a it's a difficult subject sometimes to convince them to see the benefit of it. Yeah, you know, I think uh, this is also my pass because uh, I have a passion for my job, also for my uh, region. And on top of that now, I promote the biodiversity in the planet. That's why we will launch this year a foundation called Origine Nature in order to fight against the global warming and to protect the biodiversity. And uh, of course, this is above the business, you know. This is important for me, and in the next uh, 20 to 30 years, I want to spend one or two days per week promoting uh, the, the biodiversity. Right. So when we're talking about climate change, let's go to where you're from, Languedoc. You have, it's such a big region, it, it's long, and it stretches through so many climates and soils, and you've got so much going on there. How are you seeing climate change affect what you are doing in that region? Uh, you know, in the region, um, we are lucky and fortunate because we have wind also after the rain. Mm. That means uh, this is a dry region. We don't have uh, humidity. And this is a good weather condition for organic and biodynamic farming. And uh, that's why we take care about the planet. And we, we have uh, now a team of, and a pool of uh, more than 500 wine growers who are engaged in this program of organic. And that's the first step. And the second step is to help them to move from organic to biodynamic farming using the strength of the cosmos. Does biodynamics help beat the heat and all of these things that are happening with the climate? You have to pick your grapes at a certain bricks. Uh, how is that affecting what you are doing? You know, I think biodynamic farming helps first for the quality of the, of the grapes because um, the soil are more vibrant, more... Mm-hmm life you see the soil and the subsoil you have much more life into that number two you have a better balance that means you have uh, more uh, leaves which protect the, the grapes for, from the sun and uh, also uh, I think you have a, a longer vegetative cycle 
which is better for the quality of the wine. Concerning the, the heat, you know, I think we need to go above that. Number one, you have two kinds of things. You have to stop to use uh, pesticide and herbicide mm -hmm. because you can find this kind of product into the water, you know, which is not good. And uh, also, we need to reduce the footprint uh, of the carbon footprint. And for that, you know, we are thinking about using very soon uh, electric tractors okay. to stop the impact of the, of the carbon footprint. Very nice. Specifically to Languedoc, it is really rising in quality and popularity. And, and you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was considered bulk wine. And it, uh, I don't think a lot of the world appreciated what great things you could produce there. And now there's a big shift. And I think a lot of it has to do with what you're doing as well. Yeah, you know, we see in the last 30 years, we promote uh, consistently the top qualities of the wine from the south of France coming from great terroir because we have such as a beautiful diversity of terroir. And it was a question of uh, knowledge, know-how, and also the will mm -hmm. to make great wines and also to promote it. That's why I travel in the world in the, since I was uh, 20, uh, 150 days per year, in order to promote the quality of the terroir and the value from the south of France. And now, finally, we see the south of France in a map in more or less all the country. And in, uh, in the US, it's a, it's, a, it's a blast because people enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And they like also to taste the, the diversity of the wine from the south of France, mm -hmm. not only the rosé, but the, the sparkling from Limoux, the red wines, oh, yeah. the red blends, and also the, the fortified wine. We have a li library collection of fortified wine from uh, 1977 to 1875. Wow. Is there anything else that you want people to know about the region, your wine, and what you're doing? Yeah, you know, I think that if you feel sad, drink a glass of Gérard Bertrand wine and you feel better. And if you feel good, Drink a glass of Gérard Bertrand and you will feel great. So Gérard is all about biodynamics. And if you're not sure what that is, think organic on steroids. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more like farmer's almanac style of organic. There's a spiritual element to it well, following the lunar calendar, the way that farming was done back in the day before Roundup and pesticides oh, yes. and picking fruit to meet the demands of consumer and adding stuff to it so that it'll taste ripe and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they take horns from a steer. Right. And they're hollowed out, and then they put poo in that. <laughs> Bury that in the dirt at the end of the vine, the row of mm -hmm. grapevines, and then let it sit there. And then by the end of the next you know, growing season, they pull it out, and that's what they're going to use as fertilizer. It's, it's crazy. They make tinctures for watering. They don't just turn on a faucet. Like They will infuse the water with certain types of things that act as natural pesticides. So it's really very complicated, and it's actually quite fascinating. And when you taste wine, uh, this is all by the lunar calendar, as you, as you mentioned. Um, you've heard of the fruit and root days, right? Yeah, there's an those? app for that. Oh, oh, that's what I got to do. I got to down that. So there are flower and leaf days, and there are fruit and roots. So can you guess which ones are optimal for tasting? Um, the fruit mm -hmm. and flower yeah, days. Yes, um, and definitely. Yeah, there's certain days of the year that coincide with the lunar phase that mean that it's going to be a the the 
wine is going to taste better on these days than other days. Right. So it's kind of it kind of a correlation to our our grapes in the zodiac series yeah. that we're doing as well. Which, mm-hmm. which we're going to have to sit here one day and, and try to tie all these in the fruit and the root and the zodiac. See mm-hmm. see all that is uh, considered. But yeah, it's all different. Um, you know, there are different rules that apply. And with the lunar calendar, the root day is when the moon is in an Earth sign. So this is all by the moon, lunar, like Capricorn, Taurus, or Virgo. And fruit days are when the moon's in a fire sign, like Leo, me, Aries, mm-hmm. and Sagittarius. Those are most optimal for wine drinking, for obvious reasons, because Leo's, Aries, and Sagittarius are pretty good at drinking wine. No, oh. <laughs> that's not <laughs> going to say what? <laughs> well, you're giving me something new. No, because it's fruit. <laughs> we're, hey, we're you're on a fruit. good day, too. It's a flower day. I know. I, I am a, I'm an Aquarius, and uh, that's a flower day. That's when the moon is in an air sign. Other air signs are Gemini and Libra. And when you think about the, the more aromatic wines, like Viognier and some of those, I mean, this is a perfect day where you're really, when you taste these wines, supposedly, you're going to get the best qualities. Mm-hmm. And then on leaf days, the moon's in water signs, like Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces. Those are days when plants are producing chlorophyll, so it's apparently not ideal for wine tasting. There's also some weird fifth day. I don't really haven't done any research on it, but it's called lunar nodes. That sounds like a disease. Yeah, we don't want to taste on a lunar node. Some day. antibiotics <laughs> no. on that one. Although, wait, I think antibiotics would be frowned upon in biodynamic farming. No, we don't do that. We'll do a tincture of something. <laughs> yeah. <know. laughs> so at Gerard's master class, we talked a little about these days, and he said he would always look at the lunar calendar after they did a tasting. And instead of before, so it wouldn't influence what mm-hmm. they were tasting and, and see if it was kind of influenced. And when somebody had asked him about decanting a wine and all these types of things, and he said, uh, the correct way to open wine in a glass, you know, we said, oh, swirl, 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 swirl. But according to biodynamics is you swirl it seven times to the left, you swirl it seven times to the right. And if the wine does not express itself, then maybe we should do some decanting. That sounds a you little bit OCD. That? Yeah, seven and seven. And then that should, that should be proper right. to open it up. I mean, well, when, when we talk about biodynamics and the spirituality, seven's a... Seven's a it's an important yes, number. Seven threes and twelves, you know, so that's one of them. Yeah. So at his... Um, we try these amazing rosés. And these... You know, we, we've talked about rosés a little bit and pink, drink pink, and now some of them are so wimpy. But his rosés, <clears throat> excuse me, were literally... Would blow blow it off, blow things off the map. I mean, mm-hmm. I was tasting things, and if it was in a in like a black cup or something, I don't know that I would pick. It was a rosé because well, so you taste big, the Grenache huh? and the Syrah, and all, because it's a Southern France, so there are a lot of these grapes that they're using, and they were just beautiful. There's one that he just introduced to the U.S. called Joy, yeah. and the Y in the Joy looks like an upside down Eiffel Tower. It is so hmm. good. If you can find that, That's just cool. get it. It's 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 lovely. It's delicious. So it's Earth Day, also spring. What other kind of wines would you suggest in springtime? You want to go with the flowery guys from the Rhone? Yeah, I, I, I love those guys. And, and since we're talking about the organic and the biodynamic and, and people who pay attention to uh, how they're growing the grapes and producing the wine, I just tried a Bonterra Rosé, and it was so lovely. I mean, the, the label looked like spring, and it was just a beautiful pink, and it was fresh, and I liked it. There's another there's another winery in Mendoza called Bousquet. Uh, they're in the foothills of the Andes. The family actually came from the Languedoc, and they have a um, – they're trying to marry the old and new worlds. But their reserve line – if you haven't tasted their reserve line lately, I just tasted a couple of them from the new vintages. And uh, and they were drinking very nicely at, at the ones that I tried. I think one of the wineries in the United States that's doing some of the coolest stuff is Han. And mm-hmm. they're in the Santa Lucia Highlands. They recycle and reclaim their water. They're SIP certified. They use these these really cool 
deer distress boxes. So there's these there are these boxes in the middle of the vineyard that put out, emit these sounds of a deer in distress. So it keeps the other deer from coming in and eating all the fruit. And it works so well that they had some night vision cameras and it showed the mountain lions in there looking for that deer. Oh, that really? was distress. He was going to eat them. Oh, I know. I know. Sorry, that's gross. I know everything's got to survive. Where's that deer? I want that deer. I hear a deer in distress. Like, yeah, no one here. Go away. Oh, wow. (laughs) What about you? Are there any? Nice cougar trap, I guess. Right. Well, that's a whole, that's in a bar on a Saturday night. I know, cougar (laughs) trap. That would be a case of Chardonnay. Okay, come on. (laughs) Uh, Are there any ones that stand out to you that, you know, or they do some more organic and bio? I know you're into the natural wines uh, a lot. I like them. Um, The problem with them, sometimes they're a little bit hit or miss, you know. Sometimes you get one that's just, it needed some preservatives in Mm -hmm. it, and that's kind of disappointing. But usually they're very forgiving when you bring it and say, hey, this was kind of over the right <laughs> over its hump of possibility but the thing that i like uh, to remind people about when it comes to organic and biodynamic wines is that uh, you should talk to and know your wine retailer. And this is where small retailers come into play. And I know I'm kind of plugging them all the time, but it's really important because they usually taste almost all the wines and they know the story behind the wines. And they're the ones that can direct you to some of the European wines Mm -hmm. that do things organically or biodynamically, but they don't spend the extra money to get the label put on their their thing. Because it costs money to have those inspectors come out and, and certify that you're organic and stuff like that. And there are also some that are organic except for one little loophole. Exactly. You know? Now, it's good that you mentioned that because there are a lot of um, domestic wine wineries that do the same thing. When you talk to the winemaker, he said, we don't put pesticides. We don't do that. But we don't have a certification because in our winery, we have XYZ cooling the air, which is not... I'm just making this up. No, I know Which does not make it organic. So we can't get the certification, number one. And number two, it costs a buttload of money and I'm only making you know, 1,300 cases, why am I going to spend that much money on the organic when I'm, you know... When you're kind of hand-selling it anyway and people who want to know, know. I was talking to a prosciutto producer one time in Parma and he was like, I wanted to be USDA certified organic. Mm. I went through everything that I needed to go through and on my last inspection, they denied me USDA certified organic inspection because I did not pass the USDA requirement that I have a cement driveway. He had a gravel driveway. Are you freaking kidding me? That's when he was like, forget it. I don't want your label. Well, and then, but then let's thing. think about the silliness of that. Yeah. Because what kind of organic, what kind of carbon footprint is he going to leave? And what kind of watershed is going to be? What kind of water absorbency with uh, gravel? So much better. Uh, yeah, gravel, gravel is more organic. We don't want to pull, pour mm-hmm. concrete and get the tractors up there. It just doesn't make any sense at all. So he had to get USDA certified and then USDA organic, and it was probably part of the USDA thing uh, because of dirt and cleanliness with meat. Oh, I get you. Yeah, but that yeah. was probably it. But it was just, oh, it was so frustrating for this guy. Uh, and I mean, forever we couldn't import Culatello. I don't even know if we can yet still, but because it. Air dries in basements that are moldy. It's delicious, though. Oh, That's a smell. It just made me happy when you said that. I know. It's so <laughs> Air dried meats in moldy basements. Oh, and just bring some of this wine down there and drink it with it. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a happy girl. But I mean, you know, the organic and biodynamic thing, it's um, great, but it's riddled with rules, regulations, labeling, people charging for labeling and those inspections and things like that. So that's why I think it's important as a wine consumer to, you know, get to know the winery whose wine you're becoming a fan of and mm-hmm. buying a case of. If you're just buying a bottle, talk to the salesperson at your um, wine shop, at your local wine shop. Go to local places instead of big box sellers because you're going to have a lot more likelihood of running mm-hmm. into smaller producers that have little organic and little biodynamic, biodynamic things. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I really, I think they just taste better. They do taste better. And you know what? Not to be all 
hippy dippy and you know crazy here but I see your tie dye yeah you know you know I, I care about the I care about our universe I care about our land I care about our water and our and our and our soil and if we and if I can support somebody who also cares about it and have good wine yeah and who's doing their best to protect the wine the vineyards and the land for the next generation I'm going to give them my money over somebody who's adding a bunch of chemicals and crap to it you know that's mm-hmm. just how I feel but I mean there was a day when California wines that were labeled organic were really nothing good yeah Remember? I mean, it yeah. wasn't that long ago. It was like 15, 20 years ago. They were kind of like, meh. But there are so many good winemakers who have gotten into the business or who have changed their existing business to really recognize that and to really start to care about the land that they're stewards of. And mm-hmm. this Earth Day, I, I would really encourage everybody to get out there and try to find some good organic biodynamic wines because there's a ton of them out yeah. there. And it doesn't have it, whether it's California, France, Italy, Spain. It, it doesn't matter. Just get out and try them because they're really you owe it to yourself and to the earth, which and I love so much. If you can find some Gerard Bertrand wines, I mean, he's doing just some brilliant stuff. Every almost every wine I've tried of his, I would not kick out of bed. Is he pretty widely available? Uh, he, he's yes. The U.S. is one of his main markets okay. right now, so you're going to be able to find them in the red blends, all the southern France. They they just have so much character and flavor, and they're they're just wonderful. Well, we'll look for them. Mm-hmm. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grape Line and ask a wine question that we can address on a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening. <laughs>